When I was a kid, I was afraid to even write down my secrets in my diary. I remember once I tried to write down something about my grandfather's abuse and in the middle of the sentence I just <sighs> erased everything and intentionally and with absolute knowledge of what I was doing suppressed it again deep down finding it hard to breathe and I went to ask my mom for help and she took me to the doctors and they thought I had maybe heart problems or whatever but I never thought they never found anything wrong with my heart today I understand that this was some kind of panic attack or anxiety from suppressing the memories while trying to get them out. I was scared and not until a lot later I understood why I was that scared. My country failed on me as a child. I searched for help and when I did that they contacted my family and told them everything I've said in That just caused me more problems and I haven't even said anything about the juicy stuff. But it made me lose um, trust in the system really early. And I understood I don't have anyone to rely on. Not even the system, the social workers or school any instance like that. I was forced to keep things deep inside of myself for long because I was afraid for my life and when I got my son I started to be afraid of for his. The problem is that the system failed on him too. And despite everything I've been through as a child, what happened to my son is the worst thing that ever happened to me. And it completely broke me as a person. In a mature age, it completely ruined me. And... Uh, up till now, I still haven't even started to heal from what happened to him. Because my choice of leaving my family uh, was to protect him from sexual abuse, to be sincere. That was my fear at that time. But little did I know, because I didn't really understand the organization, the um, sectic 
organization of the abuse I went through, I just somehow thought that my grandfather was sick. Even though I knew some parts and remembered the murder, for example, I couldn't put the puzzle together. When I met my son's father, it was not by accident. My family had planned it, and I didn't understand that at that time. But I understood it pretty quickly to leave him and have my son alone. And I was alone with my son until he got around five years old. He started to see his father um, every other weekend. And that was not because I wanted to. That was because the courts forced me to. I stood against it uh, from the beginning because his father had been threatening me to hurt my son even from the day he was born. And those words for me um, always hung in there like I couldn't forget them. And people thought I was over-exaggerating and, you know, making a, a hen out of a feather, but... <laughs> That was not the case. And me, myself, I got confused. I didn't know if I was over-exaggerating. I, I just, uh, I got confused in a matter because they kept telling me that he needs his father, that he needs his father. And um, in the end, his father took me to court. And when he had just turned five, he started seeing him. First meetings were good. My son was happy. But around every uh, arrangement, there was some kind of problems with my son uh, getting handed back to me because I am the one with full custody. He never really wanted to leave him again or to bring him back to me. So he continued the process in court and tried to have a vacation to, uh, for the court to accept for my son to be at his father's place uh, for a longer period over the summer. I didn't want that at all, um, but I kept fooling myself that maybe it was for the best because honestly I didn't have a choice. They forced me to, they forced me to leave my son with this monster, an alcoholic and a member of this sect my grandparents were members of. So my son was there for three weeks I didn't get the chance to talk to him on phone during that time because his father didn't let me. At the end of those three weeks, um, I get a phone call from the police that my baby daddy had accused me of uh, beating my son 
mentally abusing him. I was shocked, so I called the social workers and I told them about the calls with the police and I told them it's time for my son to come home now. Um, and they said that I should wait. So I waited a couple of days, but then I was eager to get him home because the court decided three weeks and nothing more and nothing less. So at the end of that day, I got to see my son on camera and uh, he didn't look well. He was kind of sad and um, didn't talk too much. The social in the end forced baby daddy to bring him back to me and he didn't want to so they picked him up and left him at my place in the middle of the night and uh, immediately I noticed something my son was not this happy boy anymore he had some kind of black and gloomy look uh, and uh, i i didn't really understand why and i didn't want to push him to talk about his whole vacation so i uh, i let it be and I thought eventually he will tell me whatever he needs to tell me because he trusts me and he is safe with me and I know that for certain and I was sure that whatever might have happened it will definitely come out without me pushing him or asking him too much. He started... Um, having uh, aggressive outbreaks, uh, slamming doors, screaming, throwing stuff. He never done that before. Um, I uh, patiently waited. For one and a half week, he didn't speak at all. He just had these outbursts and I waited. Um, and then one day, he started talking about his dad. And that conversation I have recorded, and I have it in Swedish on my Instagram. He starts telling me how he, his father tried to kiss him, how his father touched him, and he said, now imagine a five-year-old boy saying this. If he ever touches me again, I'm gonna shoot him in the head. He is a fuck up and I am gonna fuck him up. Something like that. If he ever touches me again. Direct, I called the hospital and I 
You know, I noticed his bruises all over his body, but he didn't want to be touched. He wanted to be left alone. I thought, they've been playing, they've been camping, they've been, you know. Um, but the um, doctors and the medical nurses and the staff at the hospital, they got worried after hearing his story, talking to him. And they... Um, charged his dad for sexual abuse and um, this is too hard to talk about so um, I don't really know what to say Um, my son uh, changed and the social they, they forced him to go on hearings he didn't want to he said he only trusts me with this story and i didn't want to force him but at the same time i had to uh, try and encourage him to talk to them but he said he hated the social workers he didn't trust them because they forced him to go to daddy and um, we had it for him to be heard by the police and tell them his story even though everything was recorded twice or three times even and the the medical staff uh, could um, um, I'm sorry I'm losing my words the medical staff said that my boy's story um, fit with the um, whole uh, bruises on his body and the the, um, medical um, I'm sorry this is just too much to talk about I'm just gonna skip that part and um, go to the hearing again so Um, on our way to the the police hearing my son is asking me again mommy really do do I really need to tell them I don't want to tell them and I told him no you don't have to tell them I couldn't force him I said if you really don't want to tell them you can just tell them you don't remember anything And that's what he told them. He told them he don't remember anything. And they put the case down. So he didn't get his justice, even though it wouldn't have been that great of a justice. The social worker sat with me on a meeting with him after this, telling me in front of my son that, you know, children, they make up stories, and maybe your son experienced something, but it wasn't sexual abuse, but he thought it was. And I stopped them direct. I said, listen, 
whatever my son tells me, I believe him. I will believe in his story till the day I die and you will not sit here in front of him. A five-year-old boy tried to silence his story. And I told him, everything that happened is because of you. Because if you had listened to me, If the social had listened to me from the start that my family was dangerous, that his father was dangerous, if they would have believed in me, nothing of this would have happened. They even have the power to say in court that this man is dangerous and we don't want to encourage the son meeting with his father. But I didn't. I told them that if I ever hear from them again, no matter what people say about me, no matter what type of phone calls they get about me, because my family was on my back for seven years accusing me for wanting to murder my son, wanting to kill my son, being psychotic, being crazy. I don't know how many times I went to mental institutions just to prove that I was not crazy. And every time I proved them, still the socials forced me to go every time and prove myself. Still, up till today, the only diagnosis I ever had was PTSD, but my family never wanted to accept. So they kept dragging, 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 stepping on my head. And my mother even, she even admitted the last phone call I made to her. She said, I have been chasing you. She said, I've been chasing you for seven years and I've been making your life misery. But I'm done now. And after this meeting with the socials, I understood that I'm by myself now. Not only do I have PTSD, now my son is developing PTSD. Now he is going through what I went through. But the hope, and the hope I still have today, is that if I could make it, he will make it. Because at least he has me. I didn't have anyone. relationship since my son was three years old. 
this man chose another woman he married her behind my back we broke up divorced and I had two miscarriages and I was heartbroken and my son got sexually assaulted by his father I couldn't protect him from the thing I tried to protect protect him from for five years I felt like a failure I felt that I couldn't give him anything he wanted I couldn't even protect him so I thought let me make him rich let me give him everything he desires of material things so I can bathe him in material pleasure so that at least he has some kind of amusement excitement and joy Because after the first sentence I had, I couldn't get any job. I was black on paper. I was, I was a criminal on paper. And I've told you about that sentence. Everything was just unfair. So I started contacting friends of mine, big criminals organized criminals and I had some ideas but I did everything too quick too too quick because I was not using my brain I was using my anger and hatred towards men at that time and I wanted to destroy men I really wanted to destroy disgusting men's life and I did something good came out from that story as well because one of the men that I organized this big robbery for half a million Swedish kronor he had a brother with four unaged girls forced to be inside of an apartment prostitute themselves so when the police took me in custody I gave them the address And they saved these girls. And it was all over the news how the police did a great job. But I was kept in jail. And my son was left to my family during that time against my will. So when I came out, I took the law in my own hands again. Because I knew I was facing prison. And I got sentenced to prison. So I had to make sure that the social would never contact me again and never interfere with my life or my son's life again. And they backed off. I made sure of it. I had to. I had all rights on my side and if I just write one letter, they will all lose their jobs. It's not even joking. The whole place will close down. And they didn't want that. So they backed off. Now, I was scared that my family wouldn't back off. Because I was tired after all these years. I was angry. I was furious. So 
I made sure they would back off too. But I cannot tell you how, because I would commit to a crime I am not yet um, charged of. So everyone started backing off. But my son was traumatized. And I still didn't have a job. And I was facing prison. And as soon as I got out from jail, I met my ex-lover husband. And I got pregnant. My daughter. And I gave birth to my daughter the same week his wife gave birth to their daughter. And that's just really a strange coincidence, I have to say. But at least I got something good from that horrible relationship with a man that was not yet a man even. He was like an immature boy during that time. And my son, he got his sister. But there was this present prison sentence waiting and I thought that maybe everyone is quiet because they know I'm gonna get locked down for 10 months and during those 10 months they would have taken my baby and they would take my son and only God knows what would happen to them so I made a plan And I managed. And soon, it has gone one year since I should have been locked down, but I'm not. And that is absolutely wonderful because I have my children safe with me. But at the same time, it's not an easy life to live like that it's not easy at all sometimes I don't know how all of this happened to me I don't like questioning God's work I don't like questioning the way I that was destined for me and I do believe that from everything bad comes something good and God knows what that good will be. But I do know that I don't regret leaving my family, even though all of this happened. Even though I left a job, a house, some kind of <laughs> illusional safety. funny thing is that after this whole story with my son, the social forbade my son's father to see him. And he, he backed off from the whole court matter saying he doesn't want to see his son anymore. He doesn't want to have shared custody. Well, what's up, what's up, what's up?
in court I was pregnant and I was sentenced I was sentenced and the people that I was sentenced against or that actually put charges were all criminals Halleck's pimps or whatever you call it people dealing with trafficking but the system don't give a fuck they wanted me not them and I wonder who paid them good my family always had a lot of money not always not when we were really small but they have good money I mean they paid they 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 paid for me to get hooked up with this bastard they paid for his journey to Sweden they paid for everything I don't know how many cops they bought or paid to chase me and and stand against me and manipulate me into leaving the town at that time and this time and you know it's just too much to think of at once and I get exhausted my brain just wants to um, shut down right now because I've been talking too much about stuff I I tried to hide from my children because I need to make a living, I need to keep safe, I need to keep out from jail, I need to continue fooling this fucking system. I was born and raised here, but I pray to God that I will not die here. And I pray to God that my children will not die here. Because as I once said, only God knows what would happen to my body if I did. been a positive person I always think positive in negative situations because honestly one could never handle tough times thinking negative thinking negatively only brings you deep down in a, in a dark 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 hole it's like a spiral it's like a disease negativity and negative thoughts are just like It's just like a disease, a storm, a never-ending storm. And it's not good, it's not healthy, and it's not constructive neither. No matter what happens, and no matter if they get me, the police, 
governments find me my children I know that by that time I will have my children in a safe place far away from the government far away from my family in a real secure place and that is the only thing that is keeping me on my feet right now to fight for that case so that if I would go and serve my time, I can do it peacefully. Because honestly, I would need a vacation. I would completely need a vacation. I am tired. I don't even know where my head is at sometimes. I'm just pushing myself, pushing, pushing. I am gonna kill myself for my kids if that is what it takes. I will die for them. I will do everything it takes for them to be safe and I don't trust no one in it except for myself and God. And people can say what they want, I don't care. I know where I've been and I know where they would have been and I know everything was the system's fault and vile people's fault of course but evil exists everywhere the system is built to protect us from evil The system is not built to push us towards evil. I was a victim since I was a kid. And up till today, they've always seen me as some kind of criminal. Why? Because of false stories. Because of desperation. I have not been dealing with normal people. I've been dealing with the sect extremely religious orthodox sect that I left and that is no small business that is no small things that is things you only see in the movies but that's part of my life and that's what made me who I am today and I cannot change my mindset in all of this I cannot And I will continue blaming the system. I will continue blaming my country. Because they did me bad. And they did my son even worse. So what's next? Was it all just bad luck? Well, maybe. All I know is that No such bad luck is gonna come into our lives again. And I'm gonna make sure of that. And God knows I'm gonna make sure of that. No matter, no matter the circumstances or the obstacles, I will get through it all because I've gotten through even worse.